Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, it's Wednesday, 12 o'clock, and you're joining us on uh, Canvas Legalization News. I'm Mickey420, and you know Tom. He's somewhere around here. And today we're going to be talking about Congress slams Senate after marijuana banking uh, excluded from defense bill. Yes. Uh, who is that? Safe Banking Act will have to wait another day, it appears, as it is out in the dreaded budget reconciliation with the continuing resolution that continues through February 18th, I think, 2022. So they have already done something to uh, kick the can down the road. And if you don't like that, don't forget to smash those likes and also click subscribe and the bell because uh, we are 18 plus. So sometimes you don't get notice. Uh, so did you think that safe banking was going to happen? Or did you think that ultimately we'd be having this day where we're discussing frustration yet again because... I don't well, know, politics. Did you see? Yeah, because that's it. It's all because politics. And honestly, dude, there's a lot of uh, activists per se out there, people who champion the plant and champion policy. And but they they want the social equity portion first before there's anything else <laughs> coming to play. And as I talked about this, I've been trying to legalize weed for over 20 years, half my life, right? Like, right. like we, we're so much further, but yet at the same time, I think the people behind bars don't have the time. Like, we need to get this shit lined right. up. Faster than now. And it's not like this only would have benefited the MSOs. Safe thinking doesn't just benefit the MSOs. It benefits all the plant touching license holders. A lot yeah. of them are MSOs, you know, uh, and then it would have made their banking services way cheaper to access. They could have re refinanced from double digit interest rates into more normal interest rates and obtained bank loans. It, it, yeah. it, it's bad. I mean, it's bad for the whole industry. To try to say that it's just the MSOs that are going to get benefited from this, it's uh, the Safe Banking Act is just wrong. Is it, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it's this whole priority about like well, we need this before we get that. F you. We need it all. We need it all, but we need as much as we can get now to to help encourage and, and propel the the conversation. Right. I mean, what else is going on? Right. We got uh, uh, the other ones that are sitting in in, in limbo. You know, we got the caca bill that's still not going to be seen. And, you know, these 
These guys are just competing bills to legalize everything in the house. And now one's saying, let's do it this way. And the other one's saying, let's do it that way. The thing is, like, they're both saying, let's do it. Yeah. Just going, but not like that. We're, we both agree that we have to do this. Okay, can we just, since we agree that, can we just say everybody who's in prison gets out? While we sort out all this crap, can we just stop arresting and incarcerating people? I mean, as as you know, as valuable as the parliament parliamentary procedure is, because it is valuable, right? Because if it didn't exist, you know, we, we they literally could have overturned an election. They're, that's what was happening. But because it exists, and, and we can conduct our ways in a civilized manner, and and, and be adults and grown ups, right? Like there should be a thing that we should be able to come past and come in agreement with, like. People will comment all the time that, well, if you weren't so partisan, we are not partisan. I am. Well, I'm not. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I'm a freaking American. And what I'm I want. Democrat. Yeah. I've been well. a Democrat since I was born. And then it's, it, I'm everything the Democratic Party doesn't want, but yet for some reason needs. Well, and that's the thing, too. I think people like with like political parties, it, it's just like ideology. And people are sticking too much to like what this thought of a person is. Just like, Recently, Howard Stern made this weird comment about like we should send all the unvaccinated people to the South, right? Like, you're just belittling the South now. You're just saying, okay, people in the South are not Americans. Like, 50 years ago, that was a case, but we were so much further than we were ever. You know, as a this ideal of what America is, this ideal of like we're better than you. (laughs) You know, better than you can't even figure out how to legalize weed even though you both say that you have to do it so what did the uh, congressman one of the congressmen slammed the senate for their actions in uh, stripping the defense funding bill from the safe banking act so uh, let's go to that uh, that article from marijuana moment oh i gotta go back to it i uh, i closed it out because uh i was going to the uh, i like i just want to talk about like the how that dropped off i just you know i, I mean i saw it coming i saw like i mean i didn't see it coming i was hoping I was hoping just like with the uh, the testing that happened mm-hmm. uh, recently, the, the 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 fact that now, uh, well, now the government has to create a program for uh, uh, testing, right? That, um, but still, it's an option that they didn't have before. They didn't mm-hmm. have that option, and uh, uh, you know, I just think so. Here it goes, Congressman Slam Senate. Let's go back. Here we go. Great, yeah, because I wanted to get the quote and the tweets from. I think it was Congressman. Uh, Perlmuter from Colorado. There it is. Yep. Rep Perlmuter. What did he mean? He has to have a quote in there. Here he goes. Oh, actually, that's Schumer here first, McGovern. I don't really quite know what the hell his problem is. McGovern said referring to Schumer. But what he's doing is really making it difficult for a lot of small businesses and minority-owned businesses, too. Deal with the right. issue of cannabis to be able to move forward and to expand and to hire more people. That's exactly correct. You yep. know, they're, 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 they're hindering legalization with, with this bullshit. I love that. Yeah. And then I love the re- representative Adam Smith, the Democratic from Washington, who's the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee uh, and was a lead negotiator on the National Defense Authorization Act. He was quoted as saying, the impact of this is a practical matter to not have safe banking is incredibly dangerous. Adding that small businesses basically have to run a cash business and they can't do the normal banking that is available to them in st- states where marijuana is legal. Yeah. That's that's those are the types of slams that I wanted to see uh, against the Senate for this. It's they're they're perpetuating this danger. Safe banking yes. doesn't make it legal. Safe ba- I don't understand how safe banking is going to be an impediment to social equity. Well, especially when right now people are clearly being violated by armed robbery. 
right? Like, like in uh, Frisco, I believe Bay Area, several shops are being, you know, part of the uh, the group raids. There are people like coming in, like swatting almost. And then here in Washington, same thing almost. Like we're, but it's arm robbery up here. Like legit scary ass arm robbery that's happening. If no. And these people who are being guns pointed at are black, white, brown. You know, what I mean? well, there's no. And there's been a spate of stories late uh, lately in the news regarding dispensary robbery. Dispensary robbery. Yeah, that's where the money is. They know that. And safe banking. That's what he was talking about. That not including that in the Defense Authorization Act is dangerous. Yeah. So it's, it's you just made the industry more dangerous because you wanted to hold this up and not think that safe bank is magically going to legalize this. It's not, you know? and not, not just for the people in the business, right. But for the customer, the consumer, because when they go to these stores, you know, if there is an armed robbery and they're there, well, now you have more victims. So this, this clearly stopping safe banking, you know, I, I understand what people are crying about the social forum and I appreciate you for finally joining in the conversation, but overall to get this thing done, we need all of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> safe banking's not enough. Uh, you know, just legalizing. It's not enough. No. How are you going to regulate it? What's the tax rate going to be? It's not going to be 25% like Chuck Schumer wants. That's ridiculous. Oh, wait, ridiculous. it's ridiculous how much they already tax this plant. Well, it is, and to consider that other places in California are considering dropping off the taxes, right? Like right. San Francisco, I believe, dropped the taxes. Um, here I got another article right here about Sonoma County Supervisor wants review of cannabis cultivation tax. So Sonoma, which is like, you know, near the heart of where you were at for Gagier, uh, they're looking at like, hey, can we uh, stop these taxes, you know, or at least suspend them because it is hurting the bottom dollar, hurting well, uh, the, the it farmer. creates demands pull. And so you have this highly taxed product and then you have the untaxed product. And so the untaxed product is cheaper than the tax product. And so everybody's pulled in the demand because they really care about the price of a bag. Yeah, well, again, traditional market, you know, when prohibition ended for alcohol, it took quote, some time to, to get that regulated, to, to be under an industry and, and under uh, uh, rules and regulations. Cannabis is going to be the same way, <laughs> you know? And and this could be way less uh, uh, detrimental to society than yep. alcohol is. And I got another quote from uh, Representative Perlmuter, uh, the Democrat from Colorado. He was reached and said, the Senate insists on burying its head in the sand and deny every opportunity for reform of our outdated canvas laws to allow, align state and federal law to improve public safety. You know, and that's that's really a fact. Every time you see another story about uh, an armed robbery at a cannabis dispensary. Remember, the robbers know that's where the money is. Yeah, got cash, cash. And to talk about like the, it's like diamonds, right? It's not that much weight you can carry, throw it in a backpack. So carry the cash and carry product, walk away with a, a good amount. Well, not only, I mean, we're doing strategic planning and our stuff to avoid having to open up a cannabis bank account until it's absolutely necessary because that stuff's hot. Like your bank is going to charge you 1500 bucks a month just for treasury services, just to have an account there. It's well, not like another business. It's not like a small business checking account. And on that note, since safe banking decided not to, it's just politicians decided to fail us. And, and you're having this issue, you know, four hours ago, you know, thanks to marijuana moment again, and they're awesome, like monitoring of like policies. Uh, let's go over this one. IRS official gives marijuana business advice on tax compliance. Fan freaking tastic. So the Internal Revenue Service, yeah, I'm sorry, Tom, uh, the Internal Revenue Service can't do anything on its own to resolve the unique financial challenges 
Delon Harris, Commissioner of Examination at the IRS Small Business Self-Employed Division, spoke about tax-related issues in the state legal marijuana markets in a webinar published on Wednesday by PBC Conference. He said that while cannabis remains federally illegal, businesses that deal in a controlled substance must still file federal taxes, and IRS is here to help. Really? It's really uh, our yeah. mission. Safe banking would have made it so much easier for so them to help, easier. by the way. <laughs> so much easier. It's really our mission at the IRS, not to, not just with marijuana and cannabis industries, but with all taxpayers, voluntary compliance, Harris said. When most people think of the IRS, they think of examinations or audits, and they think that's the only way that we interact or try to promote voluntary compliance with taxpayers, but we do our fair share of outreach and education as well. You know, I'm not, are you familiar with the case that happened with a woman? I think she's in Massachusetts. Her name was Deanna. Her name's Deanna. Um, she got busted for, and then she actually admits um, buying product in California and using it for her patients in Massachusetts or whatever, but they got her for employee sales tax, employee, employee taxes, uh, oh, like she wasn't pl- paying for her employees. Yeah. yeah. You're supposed to pay your employees tax. You know, there's there are laws. And that's one of the reasons why I like to use a, a payroll service provider for a collateral base. That firm, I don't want to screw it up and like have uh, the taxes not being paid. I want that done because then at the end of the year, Mr. IRS is like, thank you. Well, Thanks. yeah, and you would think like these guys want your money, like for, yeah. and that's all they. I said, that's all they do want, right? And then, and then this lady, like I watched her interview on uh, uh, Pro Cannabis Media. Shout out to you guys. Um, they actually had a really good interview with her. Uh, she's a badass, man. She was like, yeah, I know I, I crossed state lines, but what the IRS was getting her for was the goddamn, or the, the the feds were getting her for was the taxes. It had nothing to do with the 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 interstate commerce, you know, technically, but they were chasing her for the money, the, the revenue. So. It's crazy. So regarding the uh, cannabis marijuana industry, we developed a strategy that we hope will increase voluntary compliance, identify and address non-compliance when it's there. Harris said at the PBC event, our focus is to positively impact filing and paying and reporting compliance on the part of cannabis business to keep audits to a minimum. I I, I don't know how they're going to get around this, dude. It's still a product that you're not worried, right? It's a, it's an agricultural product. Um, well, it just IRC 280E di- dictates that you, I almost like want my financial model and I, I don't, because it just drives people nuts when I'm trying to like change the financial models to take into account IRC 280E. Because I'm like, well, can we at least like change the color scheme so we can uh, diversify, well, not diversify, easily visually distinguish between deductible and non-deductible uh, expenses? Well, here it says, uh, Harris explained. That while cannabis companies can't make conventional tax deductions or receive credits because of the tax statute known as 280E, that doesn't that doesn't prohibit the participant in the marijuana industry to reduce their gross receipts by properly calculating the cost of goods sold. Mm-hmm. Mm. This kind of information is also available on the IRS website. The official said, though, he noted, for now people need mm-hmm. to search marijuana rather than cannabis. To find what they need, that's changing, Harris said, because I really feel a lot of folks that are in the industry prefer to use the word cannabis instead of marijuana. Um, that's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, right? You know, wouldn't that just be crazy? Like if it was any other industry, like if it was, if it was still called like uh, firewater. What is the, not firewater, <laughs> but like think about those temperance movement people back before prohibition when they were driving up, uh, you know, the Volstead Act or whatever it was, the 18th Amendment that made it illegal to sell alcohol, you know, um, devil water or something. Like what was a, euf- uh, not a euphemism, a pejorative for whiskey you know yeah. and, and what it would make somebody do and imagine if that's what they changed the word whiskey cross that out and put like you know 
you take that that Satan's cough syrup, and boy, you know, the devil's liqueur, the devil's liquor. Yeah, and if that's what it was called, you know, it's it's just ridiculous. It's like you mean whiskey? No, no. Right. Under this regulation, it's specifically called devil's liquor. Yeah, that'd be wild turkey. Yeah. Wild turkey for certain. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. So in depressing, not good canvas news, but one of our viewers uh sent in a um a suggested a name that I search up, and this gentleman here, Sirios, innocent until proven guilty in the face of marijuana allegations. So another person like Deanna that I spoke about just a minute ago. Um that's oh Soroy. It's Sir Roy. Lucas Soroy. Yeah. So how could anyone have missed the headlines? Recently, someone I know well has been in the eyes of the media and government. Luke Soroy has been portrayed as guilty, even with the opportunity to provide his side of the story. Uh, the allegations against Luke and his partner were filed by the federal government on what I think is a state issue. All right. Yep. And so this is a uh, legal in Maine. So uh, recreational and medicinal is legal in Maine. And this is where right. it's based out of. Right. But that's so, not the, this. This fact pattern is quite suspicious. And so Maine doesn't have the best seed to sale tracking software or requirements for compliance. And then these operators were in compliance with state uh, licensing. Uh, however, the, uh, the DEA raided them and then seized everything and then kind of like snooped around for a year after the raid and then brought what they always bring, the federal government does, to be able to go get the money. Because if they just say that I'm trying to do this for weed, uh, you can have a motion to dismiss filed. It's the 2016 case from the Ninth Circuit called the McIntosh case, where the Robacher Farm Amendment is actually a legal defense against mm. prosecution uh, if that uh, operator was in state law compliance. And so at the time of the DEA raid, the operator was in state law compliance. Uh, a month after the DEA raid, the uh, state gave them back their license and they were again in state law compliance. So there's all these allegations of, um, you know, well, bribes and crap and, and, and other stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, that, that state law compliant thing was doing this other state law compliant thing. But the state law compliant is kind of a hard uh, animal to, 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 to chase after. Right. Cause like, again, Lance Glore, when he, when he was raided in the 2011 raids, a series of, he had no shit like eight dispensaries. He had quite a few. Right. I mean, and that's the argument that a lot of people make, you know, it's not medical when you have eight of these. Right. But, He's providing a service. A lot of people. I mean, like it's it's like yeah. a doctor's not allowed to have more than one office. It, it, it's it's a silly semantic when it comes down to this plant, right? Like like we really first we have to justify that we we can be next to it, right? Did you, I don't know if you saw, but on our free TAC uh, uh, group um, on our page, I posted a picture of a little girl holding a huge ass cola by our friend Adela Wisdom, mm -hmm. and uh, wow, so many people were like, "You shouldn't let a child touch that plant." Like, do you let your kid in the garden? Would you let your kid touch a tomato plant? Because that's what's happening. That's, that's the, the cannabis is not going to not going to get a contact high. There's not going to be anything devilish to the kid, right? It's not going to hurt the child. We have most people with good intentions just don't still don't understand the full impact of this plant, which is nothing for something that's so that could take your time and your life. It's so sad that we still should look at this plant with a demonic like tinge like this weird ass uh you know like naughtiness right like yeah. one of the things i would say is like there's nothing gangster about weed like even all the rap songs and all this other shit that you see, you see weed in yeah the only thing there's, gangster about what i was gonna say there's a lot more broccoli about weed than like you know gangster it's like hey man yeah. you want to see my antioxidant stash <laughs> what 
No, this stuff helps your endocannabinoid system stay balanced, bro. Huh? Yeah. Well, you ever see the? You ever see how high with Method Man? Uh, not for many years. Oh, but when he, he goes into, uh, they go into his uh, room, his ha- apartment, and he's like, "This one's for sleep. This one's for what do you feel like some stomach issues? Here we go. This one's for, you know, I mean, this plant serves a purpose for our bodies, and, and it's like when I told my kids, like, you know, I don't smoke to be like cool. It's not a cool thing. It's just a, a life thing. It's a wellness issue. It's a yeah. uh, what I do, and 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 like. They're totally, they understand. I, I'm lucky. Like, they don't drink. They realize, like, drinking is bad. And I'm like, cool, you stay that way until eventually one day you experiment. But I mean, whatever's. Hey, it's you know what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got some weird ass news. Oh, oh, good. And what I, weird I ass news is that? It'd be international, too. Oh, oh, yeah. You want to hit that? Yeah, would you get that? Yay. Jamaica government launches campaign about how great the weed is. Ah, it's about time, Jamaica. So if you go to the um, Jamaica web, their YouTube channel, let's, let's check this out. The NCDA ganja sense, good ganja sense jingle. Good ganja sense. We're gonna get a copyright strike. <laughs> I don't know. It's a government ad. This is a Wait, government. It's a government ad. Okay, yeah. great. Because we always get go- we always get copyrights. We don't get copyright strikes for showing websites, but whenever you try to like play certain video or like music, bang, we'll get a copyright strike that fast. Yeah. No, I and I get that, but this is the the actual. Uh, Jamaican NC the uh, national like uh, health and wellness like department. All right, well, you know, if this is public domain, play it, dude. Okay, I just think it's amazing that they have ads. For- we have many uses for the cannabis. Knowledge is power, youths, we need that. Ganja smoking and no picnic thing that commercial ganja, your farm, then you reap a hench up. Now I'm like, oh, you know, you're connectivity I think I'm killing my stream here. Uh, you might be. You might awesome. be killing your stream. But yeah, Vice article. Uh, Jamaica is advertising their fucking weed. I think that's freaking amazing. They should be. They're Jamaica. Well, it's like Hindu Kush should also be advertised. Like one day we're yes. going to see an awesome uh, come to Humboldt County tourism video, just like they have for like Napa Valley or like LA or something for uh, the, the tourism business. Because that would be great. And I, I know like there's a guy, I got his card from Humboldt Tours. I should try to reach out. Like, that's the thing. I'm like, trying to get somebody from Humboldt on the show. It's like, well, you do have internet, right? I'm like, ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> but just as you mentioned, like, tourism, this new article in the National Law Review, they talk about how uh, tribal cannabis tourism and current statutes of federal le- uh, legislation impacting the cannabis industry. Tribes are starting to legalize it. I never understood why the nation waited for permission from the, the government. Like, they should have been on this one ahead of time. You know, in some, in some tribes, uh, they're allowed to do peyote. When I was in the military, uh, I had a guy that would go on uh, leave, 
And he'd come back and tell me about his trips. And I'm like, you're not worried about like testing. He's like, no, it's, it's, it's a religious sac- sacrament. It's a right. And I was like, shut the fuck up. But like not cannabis, right? He was allowed to do peyote and all the other stuff, but not cannabis. But again, I never understood why the tribes would wait, but they're starting to pop up like the one in South Dakota. You there? Um, I'm running a company <laughs> while I do this. And so like, I see something that went out that was a marketing email and I'm like, that's not the right marketing email. And oh. I know that I did that and set it an active campaign. Cause like, you know, I had to right size the company. So mm. there's fewer people who work here now. And, um, yeah, no, I feel you, man. I just want to make sure you're, you're on the board. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, we got some reefer madness news. So Orlando commissioners hold off on granting $120,000 to cannabis te- uh, testers, i.e. the labs. Um, that's why it, it sparked my interest because of the labs. But so this uh, council member, uh, city commissioner Regina Hill, blasted a Hill proposal for Orlando to chip in a twelve $120,000 grant towards retrofitting a warehouse for marijuana testing in Paramore. Um, she goes on, I'm not saying that this lab can't come to Paramore because it's legally, because legally it's zoned for that, she said Monday. But I don't think that that we as a city that lock up the very people a block away should support and pay to retrofit marijuana lab in an African-American community that has impacted for generations and generations. Maybe that's the reason why you should do it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like, I mean, like she brought up like, I, I, I couldn't tell if that was reefer madness or, or like, just like just ignorance. Cause like, yeah, you want to put a business in in a, the, the, the neighborhood who was affected most by this so people can get employment and and benefit from this what kind of dumbass thinking is this lady having though oh crazy shit so crazy shit man can safe leases spaces from Robert e clark uh plan to employ about 100 people and as i'm saying so there you go test uh, cannabis hemp and cbd for contaminants like pesticides heavy metals and pathogens according to its website uh, so can safe would be the company but if these it's it's just insane that they wouldn't help them out but well i sent the same email twice which really <laughs> pisses me off now here, here it is day number eight million four hundred twenty seven trying to run a business um you know but it, the cool thing about that is you have a voice right here right now to allow your clients yeah. so you can be like hey Check your inbox because you might have got two no, emails. <laughs> but like this was the one that was supposed to go out because like this is the one that went out yesterday. And then for whatever reason, yesterday, um, Eventbrite stopped working. And so like the the link was broke and we'd have all this problem going in uh, into the, um, uh, the the webinar sign up that we have for Monday. And so I updated it to try to do an email blast so that we'd be live and then that would get delivered to all our 4000 subscribers. Uh, but for whatever reason, there was another one that was created and that one was the one scheduled to go out. So it was the same email that we sent out yesterday. Oh, geez. And so we didn't get the, we didn't get the pop in number of views. And I'm like, man, why are we only at a hundred? Because that email didn't go out. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So then we'll get the notifications. Yeah. Yeah. I got some uh, um, to watch this uh, on YouTube. Um, really great panel here. If you're really interested in the legislation process, what's going on, uh, the channel is Build Track 50, mm-hmm. and they just had a webinar 2021 marijuana legislation and regulatory wrap up and look in 2022 look at outlook. Um, they have Tom Angel from uh, uh, Marijuana Moment, uh, uh, Justin Streakle, uh, the head of Normal. Uh, I don't know this woman's name, she's the head of MPP, and 
uh, Shimming Tile, uh, who runs another uh, advocacy group, and everybody knows her name. From But it's a great conversation. They talk about, you know, especially with Tom. Tom Angel being that he, he subscribes and is part of the D.C., animal you know that's that's the best way to prove or describe what happens in dc it's this living breathing thing that you have to know how to manipulate you know like the the parliamentary procedure type stuff yeah insane do we have a strain for today no we also uh missed 420 somewhere that's the thing like you know i'm just working i'm doing uh, uh i'll tell you what i'm doing after the 420 somewhere which you know we're taking basically 10 minutes too late Oh, you know what? It's always fun. Man. That's right. We're doing another webinar on Monday. Uh, we're going to be doing a New Jersey conditional micro cultivation application. Uh, and so go ahead and register for that if you're interested at all in New Jersey. This is how we think that the people are actually going to be able to get the licenses first. These ones don't count toward that 37 uh, limitations that are there. And we're going to be discussing how you can get 1A priority. Uh, and those, you know, check your emails uh, because a lot of the people that watch this program have subscribed to the uh, email list. And it seems like you probably got the same email yesterday and then today. Oops. <laughs> hey, man, stuff happens. Stuff happens, especially when you're a single entrepreneur. You know, but uh, um, some really interesting news, if you're into like the cancer research of things, uh, the National Cancer Institute and Cannabis and Cannabis Research, here's a, um, a monograph available on the Oxford uh, uh, Academic um, that talks about the, the trials and tribulations of cancer study, like what these people need to, to get past to do some of the studies. So if you're, you're into the studies, uh, uh, you might want to check that one out. Um, another thing that's kind of like, just me being goofy, but uh, have you uh, are you familiar with a movie called The Gentleman? No. So <laughs> I think it was on uh, Showtime or Netflix, but I can't make this bigger. There was this badass. So I watched this movie last night called The Gentleman with uh, Matthew McConaughey, and uh, uh, so Matthew McConaughey plays an expat living in the UK who ends up being a marijuana uh, 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 dealer, like the biggest UK one. And uh, uh, it was written by Guy Ritchie, and so I just think it's a really interesting. It was, it was, it wasn't horrible to watch this like underground like marijuana. Most of the time, I'm like when I watch these like underground like drug people pretend whatever's, I'm rolling my eyes and think there's no possible way or this is just extra theater or whatever. It was a really cool film, really cool action film, uh, and had some pretty plants and uh, mentioned a lot of really cool strains. It was a really neat ride if you're into cannabis and movies um now i don't think matthew mcconaughey should be uh governor of texas but uh i think he was uh, really good it's the uh the marijuana he was the uh the like the uh the mafia guy of the weed people in the story so if you have showtime or whatever check out the gentleman um yep and if not connecticut is going to accept retail uh recreational marijuana business applications next month one of the latest recreational use states in the U.S. is going to get rolling. Connecticut regulators say that they will be uh, accepting applications as soon as late January. The state's Social Equity Council on Tuesday approved new rules and announced that a 90-day application window will commence on a yet-to-be-determined date in 
late January. This is going to be an interesting one, and it's going to be a lottery-based one. Uh, Non-lottery-based one, New Jersey also announced 30 new medical cannabis dispensaries in three different sections. And uh, this was only two months after awarding 10 new cultivation permits and four new vertically integrated licenses. Those vertically integrated licenses and those 10 cultivation permits will count towards that 37. But, you know, it won't. The micro business licenses, those will not count toward that 37. So uh, wow. go sign up for that webinar. That's he, there. Can't man ask me. He's all, why, Biggie? Because he's running as Republican? No, because I don't think any more actors should be in the goddamn government. And plus, Beto work. I think it's the best chance for legalization for Texas. I think he's I the best domino. That. I mean, like now the Republicans are saying, like, "Oh, we like freedom too." And so, like, all right, great. Can we? I'm glad that it's a nonpartisan issue, and we all want to do it. Can we just get it done and then like fix it after it's been legalized? Well, somebody posted before we even went live. Let me see if I can find it. But uh, they said, uh, "Here it is. Wait, here it is." I heard Trump is running on the platform legalization. You know what? If he did, I would, even though he's bad for democracy, I would vote for that motherfucker if he did. I would. Because it's the biggest issue, I think, as far as, like, as Americans as a whole. And, and like, a swathing, like, way to help people overall, at least in our society, right? But, right. again, democracy might die after that, but at least I'll have legal weed. <laughs> right. And so, like, you know, if democracy is going to die, you're going to need a good joint. So that's going to be a hard pill to swallow. That's all it is, man. Hey, speaking of hard pills to swallow, did you see this? Why this cannabis brand made an 850-pound pop brownie? What? How much is that pop brownie? 850 pounds. 850 pounds. Pop brownie, 850 pounds. Nothing to see here. Reminds me of like the uh, what's the, uh, the 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 columns, the big black columns with the apes when they pan. I thought it was some type of like soil substrate or something. Doesn't what's the it... story behind this obvious clickbait regarding these these edibles ain't shit uh, meme? So this cannabis infused brownie weighs 850 pounds, stands 15 inches tall, and contains a whopping 20,000 milligrams of premium THC. Oh my god! Yeah, Very mad. A multi-state canvas operator leans directly into the lore around do-it-yourself brownies, but there's more than nostalgia going on with this stunt dubbed the world's largest canvas fused brownie. As the parent company of new brands Bubby's Baked, Mary Meds aims to grab mainstream attention for its weed-laced dessert line by latching onto tomorrow's national brownie. Oh, it's brownie day. Potentially mm. get to the kind of exposure. I mean, you really didn't have to do that for brownie day. You could have just done that for like a Sunday and I would talk about it. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I think that's a that's a huge bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder how good it tastes though. I mean, like something you know, sometimes you lose quality and flavoring and and potency when you have a large amount of something, you know. So, um, I don't know, man. Hey, did you see that uh, uh, cannabis manufacturing uh, mercy rules go into effect in New Mexico? Or no? They did. Let's see. Yes, the regulation and license department. Uh, Cannabis Control Division, in partnership with New Mexico Environment Department, enacted emergency rules on December 2nd for manufacturing of edible and topical cannabis. This emergency rule, enacted for 180 days, allows those in cannabis industry to construct manufacturing facilities and prepare operational procedures in advance of submitting a cannabis manufacturer license. So it's for the manufacturers, not the farms. So water rights aren't an issue. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or maybe they are. They may be, but I think it's really only the cultivation that has the water rights issue. Well, I mean, if it's a topical or, say, making 850-pound brownies, you're going to need water. 
Well, I assume so, but not as much as you're going to need to cultivate all those plants. And, you know, that's that's gallons of water to make a pound, you know, and then after yeah. that, you know, it's not that many gallons of water to, to process it. That's true. But yeah, so in New Mexico, they're enacting the they're trying to get their uh, the topical, at least in, in, in edible industry moving. So that's good to see. And then uh, in your neck of the woods. Cannabis industry in Illinois sees increasing minority ownership, but delayed startups say they may have to sell out. Yep. In other words, they don't have the money. <laughs> Very true. They don't have the money. Uh, the Department of Agriculture licenses are black owned. What's that say? Read that paragraph right there regarding the new 118 licenses for craft growers, infusers, and transporters. Yeah. So 43% of the Department of Agriculture licenses are black owned, 10% by Latinos, 9% by coalitions of people of color, and 4% by Asians, she said. And that'd be the, uh, the department, uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Perry. Uh, this process has changed the face of the whole industry. What it looks like in Illinois, Perry told a crowd in the NECAN Illinois Cannabis Convention. Did you go to that? No, I decided to stay in uh, Peoria. Oh, this is proof that in the pudding that using this approach to advisory in the industry can work. The numbers sound good, applicants said, but with 185 cannabis dispensary license held up for more than a year and now in a court fight, more minorities are going to run out of money we'll have to sell their licenses. That's right. I, I'm, social yeah. equity's working, right? Because this is what happens. They gave it to all these social equity applicants. And so they're out there raising money. And then they have uh, a delay because it takes a long time for them to raise that money. Uh, most capital raises don't happen within six months. They happen within six to 18. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the people that have won that don't have the capital and the people that haven't won that have the capital and are like, hey, you have my license. And so the secondary market in Illinois is very vibrant and there's no social equity protections for it like there are in New Jersey or on the East Coast where you're not allowed to sell more than that threshold amount to a non-qualified entity or individual, you know? And it seems like a bitter irony where the social equity applicant is being hurt by this because obviously they don't have the funding, they don't have the kind of uh, Scrooge McDuck money that people think they have to like float a piece right. of land like i had trouble enough paying my rent once right. month, let alone well, safe banking act not being passed hurts the social equity applicants as well because yeah. good luck trying to get their licenses up and going when they have uh, the realities that the current uh, cannabis industry faces when it comes to banking issues seriously though like, like the argument that safe banking was just enabling the big guy is still a whole 100 percent bullshit argument you know people i don't know what you're holding out for Right. Like no one's going to hold your hand and walk you through some shit. You need to get your ass out there and, and, and apply, apply yourself to whatever you're trying to do in, the, in this industry, whether you want to be a grower, whether you want to be auxiliary. Hell, open a YouTube channel. I don't know what it is, but don't wait for these guys to, to, to hand it to you. And, you know, and, and one of these things is here, the social equity uh, council recommends delay in canvas application process, which, you know, and this is Connecticut and. I mean, before the rollout, that's good because now they're trying to give people right like a fair chance. Um, cannabis is legal in Connecticut, but it might take longer than expected before you can buy it there. That's because the Social Equity Council took one step forward and one step back Tuesday and extended the deadline for applications to enter the lottery to get a license to start a cannabis. So they're trying to broaden the the applicants because they're trying. Maybe more people didn't know about this program, which good on you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the council voted on a 30-day extension after he had debate over whether they should delay the process or risk denying those who don't know about the program access to resources to apply. And so here's the let's see if we go apply. Yeah. Um, 
I want to go back to Illinois before we get back into Connecticut. Oh. Connecticut's the future, but Illinois is kind of happening right now. Sure. Uh, they also aren't giving out any more licenses. So oh. the court's been, court has entered an injunction against any more craft grow licenses being awarded in the state. Uh, so those 40 that are currently out there is it. Uh, and that means that the price in the secondary market is going to go up. Uh, but that's also like one of those things, you know, let's start applying in New Jersey with the right priority and you could just skip the front of the line. It's just going to be really interesting. Uh, they did a different design of their social equity than uh, Illinois did. And I bet the New Jersey version is what you're going to see play out in New York and then in Pennsylvania and then in other states, maybe even Georgia. But this is so painful to watch because um, it ain't going to matter until when, when it's federal. You know what I mean? Like right now, it all this this market caps. No, not if they codify social equity in federal law. Well, right, but like with with, with state by state right now, <coughs> as, we, oh, excuse me. as we talked about, um, how you can like uh, enter more uh, uh, tickets into the lottery and you have mm -hmm. more odds in your favor. Uh, you know, and the same thing applies to social equity, but. I think, you know, once it's federally legal, it's going to be a, a sweeping issue. I, I, I think it's going to, you know, first it's going to handle everybody, you know, like, mm -hmm. okay, everybody's equal. And then they're going to have to dress. I mean, how long is it going to take? They aren't, they aren't saying everybody's equal. They're saying you win because of who you are. But now they are in state now for state, are. right? right. But, but then it's, uh, that's, that's just a recipe for a constitutional challenge for the next decade. I mean, if in five years, the only people that have been awarded a license in New Jersey are uh, minority women uh, that are social equity that apply for a micro conditional, that's it. That's the only way you can get a license. I could see that lawsuit being filed. Uh, and then, you know, the, the ownership restrictions as well, where they say it has to be that type of person. I could see that becoming a lawsuit. They should be filing lawsuits now. I mean, here in Washington State, we're—I don't have a chance to join the market. Like, like, right. like, what kind of? Where is the equity in that? Where is the uh, uh, equality? There's, there's, there's none. You know, if if there's a closed market in my state, it's fucking ridiculous. But yeah. what are you gonna do? Uh, you're gonna have to kind of wait, and you know that's just how it's playing out right now. Um, it's going to be interesting to start doing those applications in New Jersey. Uh, there's just very particular. I mean, like that's that's the thing. Like, can you help anybody? No, I can't. I'm trying to just find the one A's, just the ones that I can help, because those right. are the only ones that I think are going to get through and get a license. And then I think that's something I need to try to get through to people is like, you know, being on the advocacy side, advocacy side for over 20 years. You know, you you can't help everybody. My my boy, my best advice to most people is you are your best advocate. You know, like. There's only so much like a person can do, but like you in the business of like the banking side of things, you, you got a different little, you got the real niche as far as like business goes. But when it comes to like advocacy and, and like all the other messed up stuff of prohibition, um, you are your best advocate. Um, but speaking of like the, the crazy stuff that's going to be like with, with regulation that you're going to be part of, uh, license fees are set to uh, up in marijuana business and billings could go pricey in, in Montana. Mm-hmm. So Montana billing Billings is a neat little spot, but uh, a business license from Billings to set up a marijuana cultivation or manufacturing operation in town could close cost close to four thousand under proposal being outweighed by killing. That is nothing. Only four thousand. Wow, it. Billings. <laughs> that article headline made it seem so much more. 
recreational marijuana and the business associated with it go live statewide on January 1st. Building voters last month rejected allowing recreational marijuana storefronts to operate within city limits, but medical marijuana dispensaries and businesses that focus on cultivation, manufacturing, testing, storing, and transporting adult use cannabis will be legal. Council members are now working to figure out how much the city should charge that these groups obtain a business license. City staff propose as much as $4,750 for a specific license. I mean, that's not that much, dude. Considering the states, you know, the, the millions to take, what, 30000 in Arizona? Uh... <laughs> no, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, like, you know, the costs of getting a license very often are just show us the money. But then other times there's so much the social equity. Uh, the money will find you, but then they need protection from the money. Uh, and that's really how New Jersey's going to approach it. But then I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how the municipalities, because they have a lot of authority in the structure as well. And so are they going to like rig the game? So it's like, all right, well, you have social equity. You're going to be the only person who gets through from the state level. And so then after the state grants you a conditional, is the municipality going to go like, no, you know, uh, which would suck. Well, I think the municipality can go. So your cannabis, there's a little times 10 by that somewhere. Invisible. Uh, it's, it's, it's that, but then it's also the, um, you're not my cousin. How come mm-hmm. you have this? You know? Well, what's funny about this article, too, so it goes on. Uh, initially, staff proposed charging a different fee for uh, each type of business, right, based on how much each would cost the city to monitor and inspect. Uh, Annie Zoller, uh try to make that bitter, but it didn't really help out. Annie Zoller, the city's finance director, estimated that it would cost the city $68,000, dollars one hundred ninety a year to regulate the various marijuana businesses. That's out of the pocket for the city. Uh, Zoller calculated 52000 we spent on code enforcement. Um, but... A standard uh, billings business license is $55, and yet they're proposing 5000 you know, almost 5000 for a cannabis business. Like, you're already wrong. You're already wrong. They do, it. Being- they do it in uh, Michigan, too. And so you pay 6000 to the state, and then you pay 6000 to the community. You know, uh, so when they set up these dual licensing systems like that, they can they can extract a, an application fee or a license fee every year. Or imagine you pay six grand to your city every year plus 2% in taxes. Well, and that's the thing. All these efforts all, that's all i see is money right and that's and unfortunately that's the and i, and I honestly think is what's propelling state by state legalization right like i hate that this is what it is but it also is faster than the grassroots stuff has been happening i mean there was like a little momentum and then it stops and then there's a little momentum but you know the money like here we go a milestone in massachusetts cannabis history ending what's next see the qa with the regulators and what's that milestone well uh Master in 2021, home delivery cannabis rolled out in Massachusetts as the state's industry surpassed two billion in gross sales and hit the fifth anniversary of recreational legalization. Two billion, man. Two billion for a tiny little state. Itty bitty. Like you could fit like ten of them in California. Probably fit like mm-hmm. three of them in Washington. I mean the the money's insane and it's there, but yet we're and, and not just the money, but the safety, right? Like what state has like mass people dying from weed overdoses or uh, none? That's the thing. Like the safety's there, but they see it and they they just see the money and they want it all to go to them, right? And but that's the problem. Or or unless they have control of the actual market, right? Like in Nebraska, where the governor partners with a prohibition group to on ad opposing medical marijuana. Medical, 
medical marijuana, Jiminy Christmas, medical marijuana they are advertising against. That's Governor Pete Ricketts out of the conservative Nebraska with featured in a 30-second ad paid for by Sam, that is Smart Approaches uh, to Marijuana, Nebraska, an affiliate of Sam, Smart Approaches to Marijuana, an ironically named organization, uh, which began airing local TV stations uh, last week, arguing that marijuana doesn't have any medical value, and the industry is using the issue as a Trojan horse to ultimately get adult use legalized. Somebody needs to tell Mr. Ricketts that he has an endocannabinoid system, and that's why medical marijuana works. This is that free marketing. The only difference uh, between medical marijuana and recreational marijuana is word choice, the governor said in a new ad. Doctors can't prescribe it and pharmacists can't provide it because it's not medicine. Man, eat a dick. Um, dude, <laughs> it just upsets me because, you know, Sam, the, 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 the chapter in Nebraska, it's all being funded by the federal government. It's all funded by the DEA. So, like, Kevin Sabat, who hasn't had a job in his life, not in my opinion, like, I, I don't, he got a degree in something, but I don't think he's got a, he's been a, uh, a government fucking uh, mule for all his life. As far as I've seen, and uh, there's no value to this, right? When when you have 15 federal patients and a couple patents out there that are covered by the the health national industry of health, how are you telling me it's not medical? There's no medical no. value in this. Seriously, when you you've seen that you have an endocannabinoid system, right? What's the other rich source of cannabinoids that are out there in nature that we can use to, I don't know, supplement our endocannabinoid system in case it goes out of whack and you have like an autoimmune disease or like maybe some pain management or some IBS or numerous other things that have been reported because nothing can get clinically studied because it's illegal. Fuck, you know, seriously, though. And again, it's just a plant like with that picture of that little girl that I have in the thing where she's holding cola. It's about the size of her. It's like four foot tall. Wow, it's 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 a beautiful cola, but like it, the only way that'll affect that little girl is if she was allergic to it and she'd get like a little rash, right? Because I've known people who are allergic well, to cannabis. Well, not necessarily. What happens if some uh, law enforcement person sees that and says, "Oh, we're going to have to arrest her parents because that's that's being unsafe." Well, and that's where some of the comments were, right? Like, this is how you get your kids taken, and then honestly, it is. And this is why prohibition's wrong, right? That shouldn't be a reason why you get your kids taken away, you know. It's not like she was like, here, here's a heroin needle and here's a spoon. No, I mean, she's like, here's some flowers. Hey, and you were talking about Pennsylvania earlier. Um, there's a town in there, Scottville, repeals marijuana ban, pending new ordinance. Nice. So the commissioner in uh, this town, uh, city manager Jimmy Newkirk, emphasized that marijuana businesses are still technically prohibited for now. A new ordinance will be drafted and the city will have to go through the process of refining it and having it approved before changing it into the effect in earnest, meaning business will not be able to apply for license just yet. Uh, process will likely not complete until sometime early 2022, Scottville, Pennsylvania. Um, so, yeah, money's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad another uh, city's come online. Uh, but then, of course, Pennsylvania is not a dual, nation, dual licensing uh, area, so uh, they can't do that. And they're also a commonwealth, and so I don't think commonwealths follow Dylan's rule of home rule communities. So I don't think they can do that either, but maybe it's for medical cannabis. And if there's another round in Pennsylvania or Pennsylvania goes legal, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, totally, man. And then lastly, I found was this, uh, and, and, I, and I, I like the topic of this, the sentiment, um, you know, and, and it, it's gotta be glared, right? So like, uh, cannabis industry, make this a little bigger for everybody. Cannabis industry is this in global newswire. 
Uh, cannabis industry must make anti-racism a conscious action, not a marketing tactic. So uh, I'm not going to go into the companies that are involved there, but I really do agree with the sentiment, right? The, the people who still threw rocks at Ruby Ridge when she went to school are still alive. Like people, I got people in our comments like uh, anything anti-racist or whatever is un-American. Kind of that's what America's been based about, buddy. Like <laughs> freedom, you know, freedom to be <laughs> as ugly as you want and have guns. Well, I mean, American history, like we, we, we've how many like first it was the, the Native Americans that like, sorry, this land is not your house no more. Uh, then we're going to import our own free labor. Uh, you know, it's just insane. Like the hate filled people were still alive today and they had kids and we're still fighting this injustice and prejudice all the time. You know, those kids went to college and then got into wall street and they're trying to finance your cannabis company. Run, run everybody. Well, they're in politics. (laughs) Gerrymandering, you know, we got all this bullshit still going on, man. And, and people can't, you can't, uh, 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 be more divisive. Oh, look at you. Uh, no, the answer is to to, to accept your history, you know, like (laughs) you you can argue with that, but you You don't have to, his, his icon is Caillou, who was an annoying little kid. But the thing is, um, I, you you ever watch Caillou? Well, you'll see Caillou. You got a little girl. I'm not Canadian. (laughs) But the thing is, we have to accept and understand our past before we can go forward. And, 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 you know, like, oh yeah, shit was fucked up back then. I, as an American, I would vote most people to my, my barbecue, right? Like, if I had a barbecue, most people, but like, if you had this sentiment of like unjust, like, because, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of people I, I won't invite because they, they're, I hate to say it, they're the MAGA people. There's these people who believe in QAnon shit and the weird shit about 5G, you know? <laughs> and that's just 5G. They aren't ready for what happens when the metaverse really breaks out and Neuralink does too in 10 years. But that's uh, that's one of the reasons why we're going to be wrapping this up because you guys ain't ready for uh, 2031 episodes yet. So uh, one of the things, though, thanks for hanging out with us uh, for the whole hour if you were here. Uh, don't forget to you know give us a like, uh, click subscribe, all those types of things that I am mandatory, uh, Lee, you know, compelled and bound to to mention because we're on the the YouTube's. And then uh, all uh, thanks for our members because we do not have the ability to monetize. Of course, we don't have ads. You can't. It would be illegal because we're trying to talk about changing a criminal law. Uh, so, you know, we really only get money from the uh, members and we use that to help pay for uh, things. And then when we turn a profit, we give it to uh, the uh, cannabis prisoners who shouldn't be there anyway. So peace out. We'll see you next time. like don't talk about politics how do you think we fucking got here in the first place yeah pretty much pretty much and if you guys enjoyed any of that feel free for clicking all of them things that you see right there uh and then uh, join us again on wednesdays sundays and then episodically throughout the week tune in for one on airplanes